Welcome to the Leave and Start Guidance podcast. My name is Donna Mahoney. I'm a secular school guidance counsellor and I also run the Leave and Start Guidance Instagram page. On today's episode, I'm joined by Brian Comfort, guidance counsellor and also director of classroomguidance.ie. Brian, you're very welcome back on the Leave and Start Guidance podcast. Thank you very much, Danica. It's great to have you. So, so Brian, you're going to be talking about here and there today. A couple of dates are coming up. Uh, one has just passed, a couple are coming up. And we might chat about here and there what exactly it is, even for students who are maybe in fifth year or, or parents or, or guidance counsellors who are new to the system who might want to know about it. So we'll start off, uh, Brian, just a couple of the important dates, I suppose, coming up and, and one that's just gone by. What does that mean exactly? Well, the... The one that's just gone by was the, the 1st of February where you had to have your CAO form up by the 1st of February. So you had to be kind of one of the early people in on the first deadline for CAO. And if you haven't got into that, then, then you, you're kind of, you can't really make it onto these schemes. And um, the next one is the 1st of March, which is fast approaching. And here, whether you're applying to here or the DARE, you have to um, click and, uh, and click the yes button on the CAO form to say that you are interested in applying to these schemes for the moment. And then there's a 15th of March where you have to add in the supplemented documents and get them off to the to the CAO by the 15th of March. Yeah, so you and I were talking earlier. So they have to be in the CAO offices by the 15th of March. So that's not to have them posted off by the 15th of March. Yeah, so I suppose to be safe, have them in the mailbox by the 13th of March. So I'm not sure what day that is. Um, so the 13th of March would be uh, the Saturday. So I would say posting by Friday the 12th would be a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so too. So so let's go back. We'll start off with here, Brian. So here is a higher education access route. What does that mean exactly? And what does it entitle students uh, if they apply for this? Well, here is is it's an alternative route into college and it was designed to address this kind of uh, inequality in society so students that would be coming from say they were in desh schools or they're coming from a low-income family or their parents haven't been educated in third level um, it's to give them a leg up and to help them access third level and it's done by dropping the points for certain courses or for, for all the courses in in if you apply through here you probably will get a reduction in cao points nothing's guaranteed but Generally, they say about a 10% reduction, but it could be more in points. Um, and then when you get there, they will really mind you and make sure that you complete your program, if at all possible. Um, as I said, and I was talking to you earlier that um, in DCU, their access program has a 95% success rate of bringing a here student from first year to fourth year, getting a level eight degree, which is an extraordinary um Thing for them to, to come up with and they're delighted with those numbers so it's, yeah the 95 percent is huge yeah. brain yeah it's very successful and i suppose it's it's down to the help that students get um at third level from the different institutions you know um and what kind of what would you be looking at there with regards to help with whatever students need is it whatever you know yeah. guidance or or what what exactly would, would that entail? They have the access office there and the and the door is nearly always open for anyone who might be having a little difficulty if, say, they're having an issue with maths or sciences or any part of the course they're doing. They will be assigned uh, a tutor from a, a couple of years above them that, that volunteer. So they have these um, access volunteers that they an army of students who are who probably have gone through the same process themselves, willing to help. 
um there's there's a couple of money there's a couple of quid in it as well if people are kind of i think there's, there's a financial assistance package that goes with it it's not that much but it but it's, it all helps um and there might be assistive technology if they if if needed and just just if you need anything you just go to the access office and talk to them about it and i think if they can help they will help so it's lovely to have it there for them. so i suppose it's and it's important to note that you mentioned financial assistance there but it's not the susie grant they're two very very different things no, it's not the Susie Grant, and some people will confuse that. So, but but if you are um, if you're in in the income bracket for here, you'll be in the income bracket for getting a pretty good Susie Grant as well. So, yeah, so let's yeah. let's talk about that income bracket, Brian. So that's a very important indicator um, for students who are looking to apply for here. It's actually the only indicator that you must have uh, when you're applying yeah. for here. Yes, it, it's complicated. They have kind of four different criterias and combinations of indicators. And when you first have a look at you, go, oh my God, your head is melted. I have a YouTube video up on, on access to college through here. And I got a lovely comment um, from one of the one of the students who looked at it. He goes, thanks a million. My head was melted, <laughs> which, uh, which I thought was funny. And I said, I was very glad to unmelt your head um, or fried. So, but it is when you first hit the information, you go, oh my God, how does that all work? So you have, the first thing is that you have to be you must meet the here income limit, which for fewer than four children in a family is 45,000 plus. And if you have four to seven, it's 50,000 plus. And if it's eight or more children, it's 54,000. So that's the first criteria or the first indicator you have to you have to um, satisfy. And then there's there's other indicators like do you have a, a medical card? Are you in a desk school? Do you come from an area of concentrated disadvantage? Do your parents have your parents? Um, are they? underrepresented in third level their profession so if they're if they're working as trades or they're working in supermarkets they're not represented in third level so if they're not in the professions as such you'll you'll meet that criteria so there's different there's different combinations of it but as i said you have to meet one and then two other combinations or indicators two others so and again you can see all of these on accesscollege.ie so if a student is unaware kind of what the indicators are and and what they must meet you can have a look at that and also brian as as you mentioned has done a brilliant video and, and, and brian has an excellent youtube page um and it's very visual all these videos are about five six seven minutes long and really easy to engage with so have a look at those as well so brian what what would the what would the process entail then the application process for students well, once you once you um, click the box um, by the first of March that you want to be included in in here or there, then you um, you fill out the application form online, and at the end of the application form, you'll be given a list of the documents, the supplementary documents you need to send on. Put in an envelope, envelope. Put your CAO number on it, date it, number the pages, do all of that stuff. Gather all these these documents. So usually, there might be in in here. There might be four or five different documents it might be um just records of family income it might be a social welfare um, form saying that you're on so you know social welfare there might be things about medical card all of these things you have to put together but they do give you a list when you finish the second part of the form and then you go about collecting them and get them in the post to arrive to the cao office by the 15th of march Brilliant. and when you say number of the pages brian um are you talking about what number of the pages or your CEO number on the page? Yes, yeah, both, they say. Like yeah. you have to kind of put it all together for them. So you're so the, I suppose they're gonna get so many they're gonna get so many documents and and to kind of mitigate for the danger of getting these confused because a lot of these um psych reports or or financial documents look a bit the samey. So if they do 
they do get a bit disorganized there that they'll be able to be able to put them back together again. So that is very important that you have your CAO number on every one and you kind of number your your pages from one to one to whatever. So that's here, higher education access route. Um, the other one we were going to chat about today, because it has the same deadlines, is DARE, the disability access route in education. Yeah. And there's a number of disabilities uh, fall under this, from specific learning difficulties to mental health illness to vision impaired, hearing impaired, significant long-term illnesses is kind of a broad one there. Um, and again, Brian, the dates are the same for, for DARE, is it? Yeah, it, so here and there, they sound the same. They have the same sort of format and same process in their dates and their 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 deadlines. So again, you have to have applied to, C, to the CAO by the 1st of February, and then you have to, on the CAO form, and they're all attached to the CAO form, they're supplementary to the CAO form, you have to tick the box, do you wish to be considered for DARE, and you tick yes. And then you tick what particular disability or specific learning difficulty you are applying under. In the next part and then and then you kind of go on to you know do you have any other disabilities and you and then you select the different supports that you would have received in college so it takes about five minutes it's not too difficult that part of it so that's the next bit and then you go and you have to try and get a couple of other bits of information so the, the, the thing that has to happen in there then is the school has to do a report on you and has to fill out a form that is printed off but they they're happy to do it electronically now because of covid um, about the school standing over that your disability actually had a significant effect on your learning and your attainment. So I suppose what they're trying to do here is that if someone has a specific learning difficulty, they're not chancing their arm to try and get reduced points. The school has to st- stand over and say, yes, actually, this person is is honestly applying to, to this system as, as a disabled um, candidate. And it's worth noting um, that the criteria is very difficult you know it's not just for anybody it's for the person whose education has seriously been impacted due to illness or due to a disability um, and with that becomes a lot of criteria so if you feel like you have mental health issues it has to be diagnosed by a psychiatrist you know it's not just someone who's been having a few bad days and has been seeing their chaplain or their guidance counselor it has to be very significant and the same with, you know, specific learning difficulties, you have to be in the 10th percentile of your literacy or numeracy. Um, so it's worth noting that, that it's not just for anybody. It's not like, you know, I feel like I'm a bad speller. Will I get a dare exemption? Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of chatter out that, you know, out there. That it's easy to just, just get on the dare thing. You'd be grand. like, But but um, it isn't that easy. And and I, I got some t- statistics from the CAO office there earlier on today around this. And. 9,000 students in 2020 applied for to be on the DARE scheme. They got past the first. They ticked the box on the CAO form. And then um, it, they lost about 1,000 students. 8,000 then did the supplementary information form by the 1st of March. And then there was um, then we dropped by another 1,700 by the 1st of March. And then the amount of people that submitted documents were 5,642. So they started off with 9,000. And they ended up with 5,000. So not everyone makes it through this particular process. Uh, and that may be because they figure out that actually they won't they won't qualify. Or maybe because they're just not getting organized enough to get all the all the documents together. Because it is a complicated procedure that, you, that you're going through here. Yeah, so just to reiterate the documents in. So section A, you have to fill out in your CEO form that you're going to apply for here or there. For there, there's a few more questions involved and a supplementary information form involved. Then section B on there, 
you're going to fill it out with someone from the school, whether it's a guidance counsellor, special needs teacher, and that's the educational impact statement. And that, along with your evidence of your disability, is sent off to the CEO offices by the 15th of March. So, Brian, why, as a student, would I apply for here and there? What's in it for me if I apply for it? Well, I suppose the, the first thing that most people look at is the reduced points to get into college. Um, and as I said, what happens is, is that the here or there, they, the courses in college will will have a number of quota of places allocated for there and here students. So you're applying through a different competition, basically. So that will probably lower the points. Um, in nearly in all cases, it, it seems to lower the points. So it's 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 technically easier to get into college when you come in with, with here or there. But then again, you have to say the mitigating factors um, in people's lives, whether they're coming from disadvantage or they have disabilities, then it's, it's, it's trying to even the playing field as such. And um, when you get to college, you get all those supports. Yeah, so the supports are the big thing. This is the, the the supports part is really significant to me. So whether you know you had a reader or a scribe in school or assistive technology, as you said earlier, that you will continue to get that in third level. But I suppose it's also worth noting that if you apply for there and your application is not successful, um, that you can still be assessed at third level and get supports that are needed. Yes, absolutely. You can you can you can approach the. The, the office in, in any of the universities or colleges and say, listen, I, I have this issue. Can you give me help? And they will be very, very willing to help or they will do their very best for you. So just because you don't get accepted through this particular process um, doesn't mean that you can't get extra supports in colleges. They're not they're not locked out for you. So, Brian, if I'm uh, from a socioeconomic disadvantaged background and I have um, some sort of disability, can I apply for both here and there? Yes, you definitely should, because um, they do prioritize students that are coming in with here and their applications that is noted and seen. So you do get you do get um, kind of priority on acceptance to courses if you're coming in with both because you're kind of doubly disadvantaged. So that they're going to do their extra best to get you into into college. I think Waterford IT don't accept here. And I could be corrected on that, but I looked at it a few times and Waterford IT are included in the DARE, but uh, as are all other kind of government supported colleges. So you're, you're saying that the private colleges aren't on these schemes. So, um, but all institutes of technology, all the universities um, are, and like Royal College of Surgeons, Marino, um, St. Angela's, all, all of these institutions are, are on these schemes. And all these colleges would have access offices and even for students who are only applying for the CEO can actually contact these access offices and, and they'll probably give them some help. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're, that's, that's their job is to, is to be to assist students who might be having difficulties, whatever they might be in college. Yeah. So. so, Brian, this year has been particularly different because students really haven't had access to school. So with the DARE application and even the HERE application, have any amendments been made um, for those, well, for, for all students who couldn't make it into school? Um, there's one, there's a couple. Um, there's one on specific learning difficulty attainment scores. And you mentioned that you need to be in the kind of the 10 percentile there for, for the attainment scores um, that, are, that are done. But they used to say that at the start of the year, they were saying those have to be carried out on or after the 1st of February 2019. And um, they've run that, they've changed that significantly, that they can be on or after the 1st of February 2016. So sort of older 
um, versions of um, kind of literacy scores or numeracy scores that are done through testing, through standardized, standardized testing can be put forward and will be accepted, whereas they wouldn't have been before COVID. And then there is the, the form that the school, the educational impact assessment can be signed digitally by the school and stamped digitally by the school, whereas before it would have need to, needed to be um, done with, with pen and paper. So they've, they've amended that as well, which makes it easier. Brilliant. So, Brian, let me just, uh, we, we might just summarise all that because that's a, a lot of information, I suppose, in a short space of time. But students are looking at the 15th of March to have all their documentation into the CEO. And you were saying maybe send it by Friday the 12th would be a good thing. For here also, you have to meet certain indicators, income limit being one that you have to uh, meet. And then a, a combination of two after that. And that Susie is very different to here. And just for anyone listening, Susie have a brilliant eligibility reckoner on their website. So if you're not sure if you would qualify for that, have a look at their website. And then I for have a, I have a good video as well, just on on Susie on my um, classroom guidance YouTube as well, and on the site. Um, so I've done that in about five minutes, so it goes through quite quickly. So Brian, just just remind me what the YouTube uh, page is. What's the name of the YouTube page? The YouTube is Classroom Guidance. Classroom Guidance. In, as well. but it's also on classroomguidance.ie. You can find the YouTube and, and, and video guides there. It's it's something I'm kind of pushing a good bit at the moment because I think in this in the climate we're, we're in, I think the video is a great way to to get complicated information across to students in, in, in kind of quick five, six minute. Absolutely. Spots. And there's great visuals on those videos as well. So then uh, there we're looking at section B, and the evidence have to be sent off by the 15th of March. And as you were just saying there, Brian, so the attainment scores that had to be two years old previously can now go back as far as 2016. And the signature for for, for uh, the DARE can be signed digitally and the school stamp can be done digitally as well. So that's brilliant and a, a huge amount of information there, Brian, and, and hopefully help students not just who are coming up to deadlines on the 1st of March and the 15th of March, but also maybe the students who are fifth years or transition years who are thinking about applying for it down the line. Yeah, get organised. As, as, as I say in the stats, like from, there is a 40% drop in the application numbers from the ones who click the box on CAO for here and for there to actually finishing off there and getting their documents submitted to the CAO by the 15th of March. So that's a huge dropout. And I said, that's, I, I would be guessing at an awful lot of that is down to being being a little bit disorganized and just not getting the documents together and kind of losing losing heart as you go through the process because it is a bit of a marathon. It's, it's not a sprint. You've got to stick at it. You've got to be organized and you've got to stay. And I think for any students out there listening, if they're in this process, get help from your guidance counselor, get help from your learning support teacher. Try and pull as much help in as possible and parents as well and guardians, whoever can can kind of give you data because it is a bit complicated and it can, can get a bit confusing. You're absolutely right, Brian. These are difficult uh, applications. Also, classroomguidance.ie. You can see the videos there. They're really, really helpful. Uh, Brian, thank you so much uh, for coming on and explaining uh, those both of those very difficult uh, processes, but very worthwhile processes, uh, judging by your statistics, if students can get on them. So I really appreciate you coming on to Leaving Sir Guidance podcast again, um, not for the first time or not for the first time today. And it's much appreciated. Thank you very much, Brian. Pleasure.